Yeah, look at those audio waves happening. Hello. <laughs> Waving. Hello. Hello. It's uh, it's Social Distance Warriors. It's a podcast. Welcome to it. It's a podcast about the pandemic, which I've been reliably informed by the none other than the President of the United States is over. And my name is Tom. And uh, yeah, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. I am Rhett, and I'm not an expert on the pandemic, but I do know it's still happening. <laughs> well, it is. Hmm. It depends on depends on your definition of happening, and pand- actually, it depends on a lot of your definitions. Depends on what language you're speaking. Are you speaking American English, in which those words have concrete definitions that mean things, <laughs> or are you just um, gibbering mindlessly into a uh, into a microphone? Uh, who can who can really say? I guess my metric is still COVID is a thing I think about through my daily life and has effects and uh, still know people who keep getting it. Hmm, yeah, me too. But you know, the, the discussion about whether the pandemic is quote unquote over has had me thinking a lot about like what, what it means for a pandemic to even be over, like what, what that even means. I don't know. My, my conclusion is that there are a lot of different ways in which you could say that a pandemic is over. And I mean, you could describe a pandemic as a primarily a social phenomenon that describes the way in which people react to a disease event, in which case the pandemic has probably been over for a while. Or you could describe it as like, uh, a pandemic is the disease outbreak itself, in which case, you know, cases now in the United States of America are, you know, in the in the grand arc of the pandemic are not at a particularly high level, but they are at a higher level than they have been at other points that we definitively called during the pandemic. So, um, yeah, a lot, lot to think on. Yeah, that is that is true. It does feel like we sure do keep kind of feeling, or I do, sort of like feeling very weird and visibly seeing like, yeah, it's pandemic, people we are caring about, uh, but not being able to kind of get that momentum going for others, you know, systems or government levels uh, to also go with us. There's there's not the momentum there. There's the mo- momentum of stop. It's enough. It's over. And it does sure keep happening. Mm, yeah. For, for me, I, I think uh, I think I've I've recently had a sort of attitudinal change about the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And and f- that is, you know, I, I feel like the, the pandemic has ceased to be a reason for me to not do a lot of things that it felt like it was a reason to not do, or at least an excuse. Like, it feels like there are certain things where I was going easy on myself about, like, not doing certain things. I was like, well, it's a pandemic, so I, I, uh, maybe it's fine if I don't schedule a dentist appointment for a while. Maybe it's fine if I uh, let various aspects of my personal discipline slide and things like that. And I have ceased to think that for myself that I can I can continue to use the pandemic in, in that way. Yeah, I think that is probably good if that gets you to do things. I guess I am so sorry because I can only think about the most current crisis in my life, which is my job. Mm. Um, I feel like COVID is no longer like the primary crisis in my life, but it is not gone. (laughs) When I initially, a month ago, learned that I was going to be the only secretary in my uh, middle school because my co-secretary got a transfer, it was like, I don't want to say like a fun and interesting crisis, but you know, there were like new things happening for the first time about it. And one month later, it is still very much a problem in, in my life, but 
kind of similar to the pandemic, it's like, well, it just feels like many of the problems that are happening are no longer as much of a novelty. (laughs) They're more symptoms of like the same thing. And so therefore, it's not the most interesting like crisis that is happening, even though it is still happening. I, I, I think COVID kind of falls under that maybe for me as well. Like it's definitely still happening. It's definitely still affecting decisions I make and like the people around me, but it is no longer like, okay, drop everything and focus on like even coming up with how to react or how to plan for this. It's, well, we don't have great (laughs) plans necessarily, but when I know I'm going to be like traveling to visit my family, I'll like kind of out of habit now because it has become something I've done enough times to kind of be a habit like, oh, okay, I'll take a COVID test before I visit. I'll, you know, make sure I do this, this, and this um, and have enough masks and, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's become like a much more automatic kind of process. Hmm. And therefore kind of taking, I don't know if it's taking less mental or like processing, but it's like less new problem solving ability. Yeah, that that I think that does make make sense. One thing I've been doing a lot recently is going to concerts. Nice. I don't recall whether when last we spoke I had already been to the Mountain Goats, but I went to the Mountain Goats and I went to the Mountain Giants. And just this week, I went to Carly Rae Jepsen. So. Very nice. Yeah. That's so many concerts. Oh, I went to a concert uh, as well. So you're not the, even the only one. What kind of concert? A friend was visiting Pittsburgh, and we also, it was my birthday, <laughs> and we went to hear music from the Final Fantasy video game series Ooh. performed by an orchestra. I was also bringing some very sleepy energy to that concert. I had only gotten about three hours of sleep the night before, and I did enjoy it. They did have a visual element of like, I don't know, they're kind of like the YouTube videos where it's like, here's three hours of uh, like heartfelt and emotional <laughs> Xenoblades 3 musical. No, those are words. You know what I mean. Sure. Um, it was very much like some of those videos on YouTube that like, it can just be the soundtrack or it can be like kind of like a flag blowing in the wind or like scenes playing out. There was no like narrative to the most of the Final Fantasy visuals that they put more than just like, hey, this has been a video game series for like over 35 years. Look at Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Yeah, so I I looked at it, but also I didn't look at it. I closed my eyes and uh, sort of enjoyed the music in a very uh, sleepy fashion. Um, So I don't know if your concert experiences were like that, because mine was I was sitting down and with my friends and felt very uh, safe and comfortable to just kind of like doze. Mm. (laughs) But yeah, uh, we were in sort of that same concert venue that I had gone a few months back with a friend to see a concert. And like my friend and I were the only ones wearing masks at that particular concert. There was like somewhat more of a mix at this, uh, I don't know, maybe just the demographics or the vibe or whatever of the Final Fantasy attendees. There were some people wearing masks. Mm. At the They Might Be Giants concert I went to, so there was not a mask requirement because I don't think the venues would allow that anymore. But the band very specifically 
made requests to people to wear masks, both via email prior to the concert and also on stage during the show, which I appreciated. I, you know, I wore a mask and um, I'd say at that concert, probably somewhere more more than 70% of people were wearing masks, which was the largest mask uptake I have seen in many months. Whereas at some of the other shows I've, I went to, like at the Carly Rae Jepsen show, which was just two days ago, I wore a mask and some other people wore masks, but um, it was, you know, maybe five to 10% of people were wearing masks. Yeah. I, I still continue to see very few people on the train wearing masks. I'm, I'm rarely the only one, but um, there are often not very many. Yeah. It is, it is again, like it is not an automatic thing it is something that it sounds like has to be worked for um and i'm glad for the kind of concert you went to where it was like something they intentionally put time and thought into yeah i think part of the reason that they did that was because the members of the band are you know and they're in their 60s and one of them had was in recovery from a major injury within the past six months and was, you know, advised by his doctor that, you know, hey, it's really important that you don't get COVID right now. <laughs> so, yeah, that was part of the reason why they were so adamant about insisting on it. It was very nice. They did not hand out masks at the venue, I don't think, but they did hand out paper crowns. Which uh, can, can be used in a pinch as a <laughs> I'm sure. version of masks. Yeah. Did you did you enjoy or do you still have your paper crown? I do, I do. I have um basically it's it's like a paper crown, kind of like a like a Burger King crown kind of thing, but it has the letters T H E Y they like kind of adorning it. Currently, the crown is being worn by I have a, I have a plush uh, skull, and the skull is wearing the crown, and I think it fits the skull better than it does me. Most most hats do not fit me well because I have a very large head, so the paper crown only barely fit me. But um, it, it's sitting well on the on the Yorick skull that I have. Very nice. I guess that's a good. I don't know. This I'm I'm allowing it. It's <laughs> it's it's happening. I'm doing it. Um, I don't know if uh you have described or we've taken time to kind of describe our recording locations recently. Hmm. And I've put a lot of decorations up in my room. Uh, so I want to share stuff. But yeah, where are you physically <laughs> in space? So I am in my bedroom which is where I have kind of my home office set up. My desk is messy. I don't really have a whole lot in the way that the decorations, but I do have like a bulletin board, cork board kind of thing uh, directly next to me, which has a lot of like enamel pins stuck to it and some um, post-it notes on which I have written important reminders of life lessons that I wish to remind myself of, <laughs> such as the one that says, don't post. Don't post. One of your commandments. Yeah, I break it frequently, but... <laughs> I often think it's wise to remember not to post. <laughs> uh, where, where, where are you? What's your, what's your location? Follow-up question: How many beverage containers are in your view? Seven. Oh wow! Okay, I see. This is. <laughs> I have uh, one and a half bottles of Gatorade on my desk, and I was feeling pretty low about that, but. <laughs> Um, I guess, I guess you win. Yeah. Yeah. I have two Dunkin' Donuts cups, an empty bottle of Gatorade, uh, three glasses. Yeah. I'm not a very tidy person. That is allowed. This is a audio space. It can fade from the listeners' minds, uh, once we no longer are painting the word picture. I have put up some, I guess, Kingdom Hearts decorations that I made myself as well as have acquired. I 
read the Kingdom Hearts light novel for a book club that I do with my friends. And I so did not enjoy the light novel adaptation that I did rip out the kind of color illustrations that they had and put them up on my wall. Wow. So that it was no longer a book that I would be tempted to like give away or like have someone else read. I I, I say that like sort of very concerned parent like who's out to ban books. But I I do think the Kingdom Hearts light novel kind of scraps everything interesting about the Kingdom Hearts 1 storyline and just kind of tries to just do a worse job of retelling the story. And also Cloud from Final Fantasy isn't in it because they leave out the Olympus Coliseum world in the Kingdom Hearts light novel. Hmm. So what's even the point? I do have um, a recently acquired rescue Riku from Kingdom Hearts 3 Funko Pop that came into my life Hmm. that I (laughs) drove uh, after visiting my family in Virginia that I drove with me in my car back to Pittsburgh. And I do think the drive was a little weirder with a Funko Pop in the vehicle. And so now uh, Riku's just on the shelf, kind of staring. I have also attempted to, I have a cork board and a whiteboard calendar that I like have stuff on, but it is on the floor because Hmm. every time I try and hang it up on the wall, it kind of falls down in the middle of the night in a way that is alarming to me and I haven't acquired the right hanging materials to give it another try. That makes sense. I um my my main purpose for mine is to serve as a receptacle for enamel pins because I like enamel pins. I just don't often wear them, so I need a way to enjoy them, which is having them up up there. Makes sense. Where I can see them. I think I would have a great difficulty, you know, doing anything at a desk where I could see a Funko Pop. I think it would it would bother me too much. <laughs> well, we're trying it out. I, I think it's good. Uh, I think it's good. Uh, I would not actively buy or spend money or try and ever kind of vow, you know, like get value out of a Funko Pop the way it can be like. And is a collectible item. But as a friend, <laughs> I think it's fine. I, I have also a uh, motivational... I very much enjoy the new Revolutionary Girl Utena musicals. And there was a recent time I spent money in auction to get... Um, they're called like bromides. But they're basically like headshots of um, different actors from those musicals. And I have put them in parts of my bedroom to motivate me to wake up in the morning because I find these actors attractive and this helps me to wake <laughs> up. <laughs> that is neat. Yes. I, um, yeah, I don't have a very well decorated apartment. It is something that, I don't know, I can, I can rarely find the emotional or mental energy to devote to to doing that, although I probably I often look around and I wish I, I did. Yeah, I will say this is maybe the most, uh, definitely the most since moving up to Pittsburgh that I've decorated any uh, living space. And I say that, I've described it, but there are like still 80% of the wall is not covered <laughs> in any way. Uh, and this is the most decorated. It is maybe not a natural gift I have. Yeah, I'm better at decorating in Animal Crossing than I am. Yeah. In the real world. And it's fun to decorate things in Animal Crossing. It is. 
It can also be fun in the real world. It just um, it requires more forethought and planning, I guess. Well, so why why is your why is your job a crisis? <laughs> is it just because you have more responsibility than you were expecting to because of not having another secretary? Or are there other reasons why having a job is a crisis? Well, okay. So I guess in comparison to the most recent job I had before this, which was when I was working in a cage wash, animal research, very physically strenuous job. By comparison, like doing physical activity for like eight hours a day, I was not having to, I'm also iron deficient. I was not having to like regularly take my iron supplements just to feel like I could do my job every day. I was like able to do that job very physically strenuous, but also very iron deficient. Mm. And for the past month, it is as if I am taking performance enhancing drugs, aka my iron supplements, just to like get by (laughs) in my current secretary job just because sort of every single day there are you know fun and new ways that I am like discovering things that people have been expecting someone to do and it hasn't been getting done or uh, upset with me for having done a particular way or you know just chaos of the school day problem solving that I have to solve to be able to like do that job it has very much felt like an ongoing crisis and to be able to approach that it has been like you know in addition to iron supplements I take antidepressants I take other things but it has not since felt like that was what is needed like to just get by it was like no this is kind of like how I can do my job and kind of do other parts of my life. Mm. And it has very much felt like if I am getting through the day at my job, I am kind of become uh, not able to be a like functioning person outside of that job. It's not good. I would not like to keep doing this job, but I don't know how to. Yeah, that's the trap. Um, And you don't have to solve that. I'm just saying that. And keep saying it to myself and keep uh, doing what I need to do in sort of hopes that I will listen to myself at some point. Well, that is that is tough. And uh, you have my sympathy. Thank you. <laughs> like I said, it, it it's so boring to live and to talk about, but it is my life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. Were you trying to make a segue? I was going to ask if you want to talk about action items. Yeah, we can talk about action items. I have gone back to the Word document where I have, from September 9th, our action items. There were two. There were. Read them out. Okay. One action item was to eat a tomato. The other action item was to read the first book in a series and recommended was both the, ooh, I don't remember how to say, the Imperial... Ratch. Ratch trilogy. Yeah. And also A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. Yeah, I didn't read the first book in any series. But I did eat a tomato. Nice. Uh, yeah, I very recently for dinner ate a farmer's market tomato with soft tacos. Mm, nice. And refried beans. I will frequently put uh, cherry tomatoes in a salad, so I just have continued doing that. I didn't. I didn't really change up my tomato consumption. Makes sense. 
I may have contributed to my apartment having a fruit fly problem on account of Mm. discovering that I had gotten like an amount of potatoes a while back, forgotten about, and then the fruit flies were like, yes, good. (laughs) So we, we have been having a fruit fly problem at the apartment, but the farmer's market tomatoes that I got, I sort of secreted away in the refrigerator and none of them caught on uh, because anytime the flies try and go in the refrigerator, they die. Mm. So I was able to safely get good use out of them, even um, though I was traveling, like got the tomatoes, went to visit my family for Rosh Hashanah and came back and there was still the tomatoes. And I ate them tonight. I'm glad you were able to protect those tomatoes for uh, long enough to enjoy them. Yes. Oh, that reminded me. Yes. The other reason I originally put forward that action item is to give an update on my cherry tomato plants that were growing and were growing just the tiniest two (laughs) cherry tomatoes. Those are still not edible, but it is now the wave of Pittsburgh's like fall where it's like very harshly become fall and starting to get very, very cold. So I don't like I think they've missed their time, but the plant is still alive. So no major update, but also I'm being reminded this is now my second kind of fall to going into winter season living in Pittsburgh. Why does it get so cold? Mm, I can't really speak to uh, speak to your area, but I know it gets cold here. It just hasn't gotten cold here yet. Okay, so you're still speaking from a like end of summer, fall warmth. You have not been like chilled yet. Not uh, not yet. Not yet chilled to the bone. It'll happen. It just hasn't happened yet. I kind of welcome it. <laughs> I do. I do. I've had enough of the heat. I'm ready for the ready for the cold. Well, I will. I will pass on some of the cold your way. Yeah, snow I don't want, but cold I can. I can take. Okay, fair. I have not been reading as much as I would like to, and I, so I did not read the first part of any series. Didn't do it. <laughs> just didn't. Do you have an action item you'd like to propose for next time? Yes, I do. Quit something. Hmm. I don't want to put quit my job because it's my job. You, no one else can quit it for me. <laughs> Only you can let it in. But quit something, you know? Quit something. Quit something. I think that's a good action item. Yeah. There's got to be something. The art, of qu- the art of quitting. Yeah. Got to be something in your life that you're doing that you don't want to be doing anymore. And stop it. Just stop. <laughs> just, you know <laughs> what? You know what? Just stop. Just stop. My action item is to fix something. You've probably got something broken that you think, oh, I'm going to fix this eventually. And you just never gotten around to it. It's time to fix it. All right. We're, yeah, we're getting like very <laughs> short and just commanding for our action items. Quit it and fix it. These are new bop it commands. Did you ever have a bop it? Yes. I, um, I, I was going to say I have one now. No, that's in my <laughs> uh, parents' house, but I do have one there and, uh, I do treasure it. It is not. And then you, you, you've activated my, like, passionate <laughs> bop it feelings. They come in, like, two different versions. There's, like, the kind of long stick bop it that I think was the more original. Yeah. What I have is, like, I think the, like, bop it extreme or it's, Ooh. like, kind of more shaped, kind of like a steering wheel. It has more components. This was always a secondhand bop it that, like, I think I got from a thrift store. And so it was always kind of, like, a little bit 
eccentric or like i don't know not completely right as a bop it Hmm. but um i do treasure it and i did spend many many hours trying to get a high score yeah i had i had an original bop it i do not know what became of it but um it was uh i sure did bop it (laughs) it's such a good there's so few like it's such a good independent kind of like activity and it's good or if you have like trusted friends who you don't think are going to destroy things, you can also share play with them. It is a communal, social sort of tool as well. Hmm. It kind of reminds me of um. Have you ever heard of the video game WarioWare? No, I have not. So are you familiar with Wario? Are you familiar with him? Yes. Yeah. He, he's the sort of mean version of Mario who mean is Mario who wears um purple, purple and yellow clothing um yes he has his own game series called warioware and the entire concept of this series is that it is full of micro games where you are presented in very quick succession with a series of games that are about like uh like five to six seconds long where you have to complete one objective and it's like a ball is falling and you have to catch it or like there's a nose and it's like pick the nose and there's always like a very clear quick like three or four word instruction that you have to follow and you do it in quick succession. And the game is that like the challenge of processing a bunch of quick commands given in succession, uh, very, very similar to a, to a bop it, but um, a little bit more designed. And these, these games are very fun. They're very funny and they, uh, they require you to, to very quickly respond. And it's uh it's a good time. It's a good time. And part of the joy, I guess, is like you're setting yourself up to fail, because you cannot perfectly do that many tasks, but you are setting yourself up to keep going despite that. I wonder if there's a world record for for, for longest boppet chain. Surely, yes. Just yes. competitive boppeting. Anyway, that's uh yeah, I think that's a that's a good place to end it. I think so, yeah. So one of the things that we do at the end of every every episode is we mention our our Twitter, which is uh, SDW underscore pod. And uh, what else do we do at the end? We get very sleepy, Mm. so sleepy. But also, what we do at the end of every episode is we stay distant. And also, build the distance. 